You're listening to The Wheelchair Wanderer, the podcast for spirituality, disability and everything in between. Hi guys, it's Ali here and welcome to the very first episode of The Wheelchair Wanderer. I'm so excited to be starting this podcast. Oh my gosh. So, um, a little bit of info on me. Uh, my name is Ali. I've said that already. <laughs> and um, I'm quite a big talker. So this is why I thought a podcast would be the best thing for me to spread my message across. Uh, hopefully you guys like it. Uh, my message is one of positivity, self-acceptance and embracing any parts of you that you don't like or are coming to terms with and trying to live the best most fulfilled life you can so a little bit of info on me I am 24 I live in New Zealand I'm originally from England hence the accent (laughs) it's a bit of a muddled accent um I'm a big nerd I love Disney, Marvel, you know, any of that Disney Plus kind of stuff. I'm all about it. And one of the biggest things about me at the moment is I practice the law of attraction. And we're going to be really diving into that in today's episode. I'm going to be talking to you about uh, my spiritual journey, how... I got out of a decade of self-loathing in just a few short weeks and how you two can start to turn your life around and be a more successful, happier version of you. So stay tuned. So excuse any noise because I'm recording this in my bedroom, but basically The law of attraction sort of denotes the idea that like attracts like, that our thoughts bring into motion places, people and ideas that get us where we want to go. So, for example, say I really want a new car, okay? I don't drive my own car, you know, being disabled and all, but say I wanted my own car and so... If I was using the law of attraction, which I do anyway, but if I was using it for this new car, I would write down, I'm so grateful that I have this new car and um, think about what it would be like once I got the new car and really devote all that energy to it and really think about the car and really think about how it would feel to own it and to drive it and stuff like that and then just let it go and send it out into the universe because basically what you're doing is you're saying to the universe this is what I want and I know you're going to bring it to me it's kind of like believing how some people believe in the power of prayer or how some people believe in you know, offerings to get things. It's about being grateful for what you have and realizing that you are capable of achieving anything. Another really good way to describe it is it's like a magnet. So whatever I'm thinking, I'm putting out into the world through the power of my thoughts. So for me, yes, I, you know, I didn't 
you know, I obviously didn't attract being disabled, but I can think about how I handle it. So I say, I think about the fact that I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful that I can write when, you know, the doctors told my parents I'd never be able to physically write. I am grateful for, um, you know, learning and growing each day and having amazing friends all over the world through social media and through the power of connecting. So for me, what I do is I'm able to bring in circumstances, even if I don't know about them at the time, if I don't know something's going on, I'll hear about that thing. Or I'm experiencing a lot of, at the moment, what's called synchronicity, which is where things line up. So I'll see something, and then a little while later, something that's related along the lines of that thing will fall into my lap. Let me try to find a good example. So, for example, I will, and this is a very real example, this is just a tiny, tiny little thing, but my, um, I am a huge fan of chocolate, huge fan of chocolate, uh, much more than I should be, um, probably, but I'm a huge fan of chocolate, and Kit Kat had this new bar, and I saw the advert for it, and I was like, oh, yum, that'd be nice to try, but I wasn't really, like, thinking about attracting it or anything, if that makes sense. Um, and then later on, my dad randomly picked it up for me, just out of nowhere. He bought me and my brother two of the same, and it was the exact one I was thinking, oh, that would be nice to try. And it's things like that. Or I'll see certain numbers, certain numbers will pop into my head, and I'll Google the spiritual numbers, and it will turn out, it synchronizes exactly to what I need at that time. So I do think that there are things, you know, beyond our understanding, beyond just coincidence. I think there are things that, you know, we put all our energy out there every day, regardless of whether we know it or not. And it's always working for us. You know, a really great example, the best introduction to the law of attraction is the secret which, if you haven't read it, it was first published in 2006 uh, by a woman in Australia named Rhonda Byrne. And it's just an incredible little book. And it talks about how the power of our thoughts, the power of accepting and being grateful for the life that we have, but also thinking about what we want in the future and really visualising and going after goals can create our reality. And so, for me, I find that it's something that has been really helpful to me. Um, I struggled for a very long time with myself. I used to be a very happy little girl. I had a very wonderful, lovely early childhood growing up in England. Um, you know, and I kind of had the childhood where... Not to sort of say, I overcame disability, because that's not what we want to do. We want to embrace that identity. But I very much had the childhood when my parents basically said to me, if I wanted to do something, I could do it. And they wanted to make up for the fact that 
you know, there were things that I couldn't do physically that other children could do. And um, my brother has autism as well. So we were very lucky in the way that we were able to go on lots of international trips. I'm very well travelled. I've been to so many places all around the world. And it's because of the love that my parents have for me that I've attracted half the things that I have into my life. And I really am so grateful to my family. But there was a period in my life, and I'm sure a lot of people will find this, when you get to your teen years, there'll be things that happen that when you're a developing young person and you don't know yourself those things affect you so much more than they would if you were, you know, a little kid without a care or, uh, you know, a, a grown, developed adult who has, you know, been there around the block a couple of times, you know what I mean? And for me, one of the biggest things, I should go back to the start of my spiritual journey, really. So for me, the start of all of this was about 10 years ago. And at the time, I had a scoliosis, which is known, it's a curvature of the spine. And basically, the sort of prognosis of the whole thing was that I was going to have to have surgery and have titanium rods sort of, you know, installed in my back and, you know, have this big procedure. And so, you know, of course, I was 14 at the time. I just turned 14 in the June, you know, June 2010. And there was a lot of, um, you know, I was very afraid and very, very wary. And But I also knew that it was the right thing to do um, because I couldn't live with a curvature like that. Some people can, but for my body, it it was just not feasible. And, you know, this isn't to diminish people that, live with curvatures but for me personally it wasn't something that would have been beneficial for me um so I had the surgery and uh for 10 days I did not show any signs of that it had been unsuccessful around the last day I think it was must have been just the 10th day like just after the 10 days um, my spinal wound started to leak fluid very heavily, basically like bleeding, but it was it was gunk. Um, if you're tr- triggered by like graphic descriptions, uh, feel free to skip along a couple of minutes. But uh, basically it was, you know, this real brown gunk and my back felt like it was on fire. So I got rushed from memory to A&E accident and emergency what you know Americans and Canadians might call the ER and they basically said uh you have an infection in your spine in the in the rods there's an infection that's festered in the rods and we have to do what's known as a washout surgery so a washout surgery is where they take you in and they basically clean all the metal so it's basically like um I suppose you could sort of not to be too topical or dated but you could basically liken it to how people are um scrubbing down surfaces and doing deep cleans for COVID-19 it's a bit of like a deep clean of my back 
And so uh, when they got me into theatre, uh, the inside of my back, the flesh was rotting away. It was like going black. And they were basically able to sort of scrub it, um, but they needed to monitor my infection symptoms and to see what sort of infection this was. And... Um, and so they put me in um, into hospital and I ended up spending three months in hospital. So when you're in hospital for three months and you're 14 years old and you're vulnerable, it can be a lot. When your body's going through changes and you have doctors poking and prodding at you, that can really break your self-confidence. And... Um, it basically turned out I had a microorganism infection. Um, and on top of that, because in a hospital, you do tend to con contract other things, um, even though they try to avoid that happening, um, you know, there's still like, um, you know, things still happen. So I contracted a yeast infection and an E. coli infection and I ended up being on lots of different medications that um, really upset my body, really made my body weak and fragile and I felt that I was never going to get out of this, that it was a nightmare and at the same time there were things that were happening outside of hospital that were beyond my control. Uh, people that I knew going through marital issues. Uh, there was an earthquake in Christchurch in the September, September 2010, 2010. I don't know if anybody remembers that, but that was like the first of the earthquakes. And so there was a lot of, th a lot of things beyond my control. And, um, sorry, if you hear people yelling, that's just my family, because I am recording this in a bedroom setup. Uh, but basically, um, there was a lot of things that were going on that were outside of my control. And I basically felt helpless. I felt powerless. But I let that subconsciously affect me. And I didn't realise that it was affecting me. Um, and I basically ended up having multiple surgeries. I don't even know how many. The, the full tally of all the surgeries that I've had in my life uh, comes to about 40, 40 plus. And um, I ended up really... Um, I ended up really, um, you know, developing depression... And so after three months in hospital, you know, I, I had lost trust. I had lost faith in the medical system because I had seen things that a young person, they tried to not expose children to those types of things. But I experienced things where I saw a person flatline and then be brought back in front of me. And that was a really really harrowing experience for me and it was something that really affected my years going forward because as an empath which is a person who is you know sort of you can't as an empath you're always kind of like um 
feeding off others' emotions or really picking up, not feeding, but picking up on others' emotions. And when you know that someone else is helpless, that adds to the helplessness you feel. And my problem was when I saw this person helpless, I made it a me issue. And it led to a long cycle for years. I thought if I could just help them, then I wouldn't have felt helpless. If I could have, if it had been me instead of them. It was always like, what if it was me instead of them? And I really, really, really beat myself up. And I really, I went back to school, but it just wasn't the same. I was a good student and I used that to sort of cover the fact that I was struggling. So, you know, I I, I said to probably at least one person that I didn't know very well that I, you know, was going through these things because it, it felt easier to talk to someone I didn't really know but I didn't really get treatment for it. I thought that I would be okay, that I would deal with these things. And so to cut a long story short, I ended up in a very depressive spiral for about 10 years, which wasn't helped by the fact that in 2014, uh, the Christmas of 2013, I ended up in the hospital again for two and a half months because... My um, my infections had flared up. It had lain dormant and then flared up. So for me, I felt like I was experiencing this all over again. It was very much a why me mentality. Why me? Why is this happening to me? And looking back on it now, that was a real, um, you know, a real... And it sort of dawned on me really recently. That's a real testament to the law of attraction in action. Because if you're focusing on what you don't want, and I was always going, I don't want to go back into hospital again because I was so traumatised. I subconsciously made that happen for myself. And that took a very long time to come to terms with, you know. And it was very much, um, you know, something that I struggled with because I thought, well, how could I have bought it on myself if I didn't want to go through it again? But... You know, the whole thing was that I was always so wrapped up and so consumed by memories of, you know, the hospital and surgeries and so affected by some of the traumatic things that I went through that I didn't really stop to think about whether that would just cause more problems for me in the long run and... I think that's the thing. When you first get into the law of attraction, you realise just how much um, you're actually bringing into your life without you realising. So when you're going like, I don't want this, I, you know, really can't, you know, afford to be late or or it makes you feel that you have to rush, you're bringing more things into your life where you're kind of like, come on, I'm going to be late or, you know, or... Or I don't want to experience that trauma again. And you're just going to... You often find the trauma will reoccur when you're thinking about it. Because sometimes, even though you are... Sometimes I could... Because here's the thing. I know that mental health is not an easy fix. And I'm not saying by following the law of attraction, you're going to 
fix your mental health and everything's going to be wonderful. But it's about learning how our conscious thoughts and actions um, can either help us or hinder us. And for me, I realised that what I was doing was I was dwelling so much on the past that I was automatically expecting the worst of everything. And I was like, well, you know, I can't um, expect, you know, to be happy all the time. And, you know, I don't deserve happiness because look how I couldn't save this person when they were flatlining. And it was all very much based around this idea of survivor's guilt or survivor's trauma. You know, when someone goes and survives a traumatic event and they feel, oh, my God, it's my, all my fault, you know. And for me, um, it was very much the same. You know, for me, I felt like I could never be happy. So I went through about nine or ten years of completely struggling. I went from a very promising high school student to a failed college student. I could not cope with university at all because it was in the same city, two hours from home where the hospital was. Um, I don't want to name names in this. I'll just say that I live in New Zealand because, you know, I don't really want to bring up the full ins and outs details. But I will say that I went to university in a city where I didn't have a very good attachment to it. And so because I had such negative feelings, it created a really negative university experience for me. And I only lasted five months. Uh, there were multiple things from carers, because uh, I need physical 24-7 care. And the carers were basically recruited out of student job search. Um, and the organisation that was supposed to be handling it didn't do a very good job. And I basically felt helpless. I felt more, um, again, this is going to be triggering. So if you feel like you want to just skip to the very beginnings of, you know, my spiritual journey, go ahead. But I felt very much suicidal. And I felt that I um, I really had no place in this world. You know, I I was raised an Anglican. So I had this idea of, you know... God, not that my family were mega religious, but, you know, um, we wouldn't go to church and things like that, but it was just the whole idea of, you know, God is the man in the sky that turns the taps on to make the rain, and, and when you hear thunder, it's God moving the furniture, and so my idea of God is that he had to be nice to me, and so I was like, why is he doing this to me? I felt like it was God punishing me for things that, you know, were beyond my control. I didn't ask for these things, you know. I didn't, you know, ask to be a failure. And so the more I dwelled on that, the more that I found I struggled. And um, I really struggled for about 10 years. And it wasn't until I got a good therapist that I actually started to become more consciously aware of my thoughts. And um, it was around probably July this year. So literally in the last month that I rediscovered the secret. And I've turned my whole perspective around. 
I went from wallowing in my own low self-esteem to thinking, you know what? I am a beautiful person. And I'll tell you how I did it after this very short break. So now we move on from the trauma to where I was to where I am now. So for me, as I said, I wallowed a lot, you know, felt sorry for myself. And I was kind of just feeling really bummed out. Um, In 2015, I dropped out of university and went home and uh, basically spent the next um, four years beating up on myself. I did do online school, but my mental health deteriorated to the point where I could not, I felt I could not do any further education. So I spent my time trying to do various writing endeavours. Um, I had, I was able to go on a few trips, um, you know, around New Zealand in further afield in those sort of intervening years. Um, that really did inspire me, but I was still kind of stuck. I couldn't quite find my way out into what I was going to do and to how my life was going to go. And it was around, but it was around, uh, 2017 that I did go on a trip to America, which I, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to say I've been to America quite a few times. I've been very fortunate. Um, you know, I know America has its fair share of problems, but for me, it's always been a place where I felt I could be myself, um, especially in California. We went on a road trip all the way around California, and that was incredible for me. I got to meet friends that I'd known through social media for about three years at that point, and it was just amazing. It was amazing to be around people that I have such a deep love and respect for, and I was able to go and go to Disneyland and really have fun and meet Marvel characters and Disney characters. And one of the things that I'm still trying to manifest now is... I want to move to America eventually. Not right now, obviously, because of the crisis. But, you know, when everything is cleared, and it will, I want to be able to be in a position where I can go back and forth from New Zealand to America and be able to do lots of writing opportunities and really talk about my story, talk about what I've been through help people in some way that's what I've always wanted to do whether it be through fiction or or non-fiction film tv this podcast you know this podcast is something that came to me in an inspired thought and you know it's something I feel I should really pursue so you know if you guys are you know keen on it I'm gonna keep going but you know, that was one of the defining trips for me, where going to a different country and sort of seeing how other people live and being surrounded by such beautiful nature, you know, going to Yosemite, it really triggered something in my soul that I was like, I want to always feel this way. So 
for the last few years, I've been sort of focused on, could I go to school in America? Could I possibly do this and do that? Um, here's a writing project I'm going to try to do. And I was having all these, you know, ideas, but nothing was coming. And, you know, but I, I started therapy and I got better. I dealt with a lot of the trauma, as, as I've said, and, you know, it started to put me in a place where I could really be aware of my thoughts. And so by 2020, this year, I went on a trip within New Zealand that really changed my outlook. Um, I have a couple of friends that they're very heavily into spirituality. And one of the things that I really got taught is, you know, it's all about perspective, you know, always question things, you know, um, that you see in the media or on. And that's not to be saying to be completely, you know, uh, oh, that's not true or or this and that, or, oh, I just don't trust the media. It's nothing like that at all. It's about being consciously critical of what you're putting out there, what other people are putting out there. So we went on this trip to Rotorua, and there's this amazing Maori village, and it's called Tapuia. And at Tapuia, they have an incredible uh, New Zealand... It's like the Maori crafts... Um, you know, institute, and they do all this bone carving, and wood carving, and it's very beautiful, and it, you get the sense where it is, because Tapuia is in this amazing geographical spot, and um, it's surrounded by these natural geysers, you know, that shoot um, water up into the air so many feet, you know, and there's steam and there's hot pools, you know, it's it's on a bed, it's a bed of thermal activity, you know, and, but you really get the sense that in such an area, they are so, you know, connected to the earth, and the more that I started to go around, and the more that I started to talk to people, and that appreciation rubbed off on me, the more I was like, I want to change something about my life. And, uh, excuse me, I, honestly, I'm just going to be funny for a minute, but I burped then, <laughs> did you guys hear that? Uh, I'm so sorry. Um, but anyway, um, <laughs> sorry to ruin such a nice moment. By the way, I burped, um, but I basically, the more that I spoke to people, the more that I was really sort of convinced that I needed to change something in my life, and this was spurred on by the fact that earlier in the year, um, when I, I'm going, my family, we're going through, you know, there are certain things that we go through that you know, we don't necessarily publicise. And I went to a psychic medium because I felt that it would give me closure. I have relatives that have passed away, um, grandparents, my great-grandmother, my father's father, and I really felt that, I, that that was something that I needed to do to give myself closure. And the psychic basically was spot on with me, really said really you know 
things about my personality that other people have said, you know, about my kindness and my strength. And I felt that there was something that she knew. I didn't even have to open my mouth. I said nothing. She just picked up on all these things that were going on with me. And it wasn't until she picked up on my great-grandmother that I really was like, wow, okay, this lady, she's really, you know, I things happened in the space of a few minutes, but it felt like, you know, it was sort of like forever, you know, it was going on, you know, things were moving, you know, I, I did sense a spiritual presence in the room and, you know, I don't believe in any way that I know people have negativity but that's just what I believe you know I believe that there is you know an afterlife but I didn't know for sure but the only reason that I really 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 clicked was the fact that I smelt my great-grandmother's perfume and it was a very specific smell and it whooshed past me and I just completely crumbled into pieces you know I was an absolute sobbing mess and so after that I really started to believe you know that there there are things beyond our comprehension beyond our understanding beyond what we get told in media or beyond depictions you know not to insult anyone's religion but we do with religion you know it's still it's all the same thing if you look at it it's you know it's all the same thing it's just different words different types of things, you know, that, that, you know, different celebrations, for example, but it does sort of come back to the idea that there is this infinite power. And so that had sort of been my spur back in March. And so by the time it got to early July, I was like, right, I want to get back into the secret and I want to learn about it. And see, you know, being able to read it with fresh eyes you know I was able to get the secret for just two dollars and I genuinely feel I was called to it it was just sat there in a thrift shop and I said I really need this and so I got the book I watched the film and I bought a gratitude journal and what I've started to do in the last month or so is to really document things that I am grateful for and to even if listen here's the thing even if you don't necessarily believe that, oh, my thoughts change my reality, like, you're going to start to think that way once you start to write everything down and you you get into a really happy place when you're writing down your goals and dreams and aspirations. And that's all that is, holding on to gratitude, holding on to goals and dreams, you know, sort of... um you know, humouring your, yourself in a way and saying, you know, I want this and this and this and just really opening to it. And um, for me, I, you know, I was a bit doubtful at first. You know, you're going to be doubtful. But I really worked at writing down, you know, things that I wanted to achieve and a lot of what I've thought about and then let go has come back to me. And the more that I've started to forgive myself, the more that I've started to deliberately say, I am beautiful and I am strong, the more that I've started to believe it. That's all this is. 
It's about saying something enough times that it shifts your mindset and it allows things to come into your life and for you to be changed in ways that you didn't think were possible. And so within a few short weeks, you know, I've quit therapy now because I feel that it, I had this epiphany that what I was doing when I was going to therapy, even though I was getting better, it would make me feel like I had to find things to talk in depth about and to complain about. And there had to be something within me. And so I would kind of, you know, allow myself to wallow in those negative feelings anytime I went to therapy. Which, as I, I said again, therapy is incredibly beneficial. But, you know, once you've got past the need for therapy, some people, you feel that it's something that you don't really need and no longer serves you. And so I got to that point where I felt, if I cling to this, it's putting out that message that that's something that I need, even though I feel great, you know, it's saying that there's some reason why I need it. And so I quit for me personally. That was my choice that I decided to do. And so what I do now is I write my feelings down in my gratitude journal. I meditate a lot. And so I did write an article on this. Um, and I'm, I will, it, it'll be on my social medias. I'll give my social medias at the end. But basically, a lot of people think that meditation is something that is, you know, very yoga-esque, you know, that you, you, you know, you're, you're chanting and doing this and that. But I found that you can meditate when your eyes aren't closed. All you have to do is listen to a person speak and it will go straight through to your subconscious and you won't even realise it's happened. So all you have to do, even if you fidget, it doesn't matter. Just sit there and listen. Listen in the background while you're doing other things. You know, take time out, breathe, you know, watch films, you know. Um, meditation can be done anywhere, anytime. You know, one of the things, um, there's an amazing podcast I've listened to um, run by this amazing lady. Uh, her name is India Vine and it's called the About That Life podcast. Uh, giving it a shout out. But one of the things that really set me onto this, you know, real idea of, you know, I can attract these things was affirmations. And affirmations, as I said, you know, statements you tell yourself. So for me, one of the things that really helped me was I am a magnet for miracles. And for weeks, I would just say, you know, I'm a magnet for miracles every day. And throughout the day, I would just say, you know, I'm a magnet for miracles. If I started to feel myself have an anxiety episode, I'm, I'm a magnet for miracles, you know, would calm it down straight away. It's kind of like a mantra. And what I'm saying is, my way won't work for everybody, but when you find a way that you can really focus on your own happiness and make yourself a priority and practice self-care, you will find your, your life gets so much better. It gets so much better. And I'm saying that to people who might be struggling. Life really can get better, and I know it may not seem that way, but I am proof that it can get better. You know, even though I still have a ways to go and things to work on, 
my journey has really helped me to figure out who I am, to figure out what's important to me and to make me more grateful for the current life I'm living. You know, and some things about spiritual journeys aren't going to resonate with some people. Some people, you know, may not think that it's a spiritual sign when they might think it's a coincidence. But I promise you, if you give it a try and you find something that works for you, it can really change your life. And that's something that I really want to make very clear, is that anyone, and I came from like the lowest of the low, like I'm not even joking, you know, I've come from the lowest of the low moods to, to really being consciously aware that I am responsible for my own actions and feelings and it's changed my whole mindset. And that was all from, you know, really being able to go on, you know, an in-country trip. I know some people can't go on trips at the moment, but, but you know, even walking in nature where it's safe and, you know, trying to get connected and just disconnecting in order to get connected, disconnecting from the rat race, social media, can really, really, really change everything. And... um you know, I am waffling a bit, but it's because, you know, I don't really care. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to waffle as much as I want because, you know what, I think people, for the longest time, I thought that everything that happened with me happened to me and not for me. But I realised there were certain things I had to go to, go through, sorry, you know, in order to get to my highest version of myself. I hated hospitalisation, you know, maybe I didn't deserve those things, but it made me go down a path that I was a long dark tunnel and then I was able to come out the other side again. And I really, really think that, you know, nothing bad lasts forever, even though it seems like it, it's your mind. It's about taking ownership of your mind in whatever way that is to you, whether it's meditating, watching your favourite movie, instilling your mind, listening to your favourite bit of music. You know, it's not just woo-woo magic stuff. It's actually finding ways to cope, to comprehend, to, and to understand what you want to do in your life, even if you don't know what that is. You know, there'll be points where you will you know, you will get the opportunity to figure that out. And I do believe that there are things greater than us. And I think starting with affirmations and um, deliberately watching things that make you feel good is such a good start. And so that's something that, you know, that's the best advice I can give to people is to keep moving forward, find things that make you happy, stick to those things. And I, something that I see quite often is people feeling like they need to mould themselves into someone else for social media. Like, you know, I've been on, you know, what's called Stan Twitter, you know, the, the fan base and all of that. And I, I think people feel that they have to mould themselves or they owe people an explanation when they take time out for self-care. This isn't a celebrity, you know, you're not 
someone with a PR team. I'm going to be totally blunt and honest. All it is is an app for your own enjoyment and you don't owe anybody anything. Do not let social media and social conformity dictate how you live your life because I promise you, you know, it's better if you march to the beat of your own drum. If you are, if you go, no, actually, I'm not going to be into what everyone else is into. I'm not going to deliberately focus on drama or gossip. I'm going to do this and do that and really, you know, try it for at least, you know, a day. Trying to skip what I do now through social media is I just skim read. I go through the whole, you know, timeline. If I see something, whoosh, you know. And But if I start to comment on something, you know, that voice in the back of my head will be like, no, don't, you know. And so I save myself a lot of drama. And yes, uh, this doesn't apply to things like social justice issues. If that's something that's important to you, I speak about social justice issues. But what I do is I, as I talk about the healing, more positive side of it, when those issues can be resolved in some way. I, I used to think, oh, it's hopeless, you know, those issues, you know. I can't really do anything or, you, you know, all I can do is lament on how bad it is. But actually, through trying to send love to people that are involved in, in you know, uh, tumultuous times right now that is one of the best things you can ever do and I found the more that I spread love to people on social media the better I became negative people there's always going to be negative people you know whether it's people that they want attention you know in it you know and I'm going to be compassionate here there are people that want attention because they don't get it anywhere else and so sometimes I respond to people who want attention with, I hope this works out for you. I hope you get out of that hateful place in your heart. And I feel good about that because I feel like instead of snapping back like they want, I'm actually giving them, you know, something that they didn't expect. And so what I'm trying to say is that you can be conscious of everything that you do in your life. So social media, you know, your opinions and thoughts, you know, making sure that while you are true to yourself, you can recognise compassion and empathy and and realise that gossip is just gossip. No one really knows what anyone is going through. All they know is that, you know, this person acts this way or that way and they take it at surface value but you never really know what anyone is going through and that used to be my issue I would take a very preconceived idea of a person and be like well that person did this to me that person is an a-hole and what I found is it made me fearful to trust people and I'm not saying trust everyone you know willy-nilly I'm saying that trust people but, you know, realise that not everyone is out to get you and 
that sometimes what people do to you is a reflection of how they themselves feel. So, to reiterate, if you are feeling down, mantras, meditation, affirmations, watching your favourite things, singing, dancing, something that I really like to do is to put my music playlist on and just dance even if people are watching, even if people think I'm, you know, out there with the fairies, you know. Doing that makes me feel good about myself. And so it's about finding what makes you feel good and sticking to that. So, you know, that's all the advice I can really offer is just be you because, you know, there is only one of you, you know, unless there are, you know, secret cloning experiments. You know, I I am into sort of the, you know, conspiracy theories, but, but you know, it's fun. And, um, you know, but if, you know, there, let's say there is only one of you, but you have all this energy, like you're, you know, you have more power than you realise, more strength than you realise, you know. I'm not going to say everything about the law of attraction because I think some things that, that you should be free to go and look for yourself, you shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't just push it on you. And I hope I'm not, but I hope that some people might go away, try to look into it and try to find ways of adapting it to their lifestyle that works for them. That's what I hope, because I would love it if people can feel like I do, if people can heal and trust and forgive themselves. You know, that that is something really important to me because... I love people and I want people to succeed and whoever's listening to this, I want you to succeed. You know, no matter what you're doing, no matter who you are, what you're going through, you are valuable and you're loved and there will always be something for you. Something will always be, you know, given to you by something you can't explain. You know, things will pop up in your life to make you feel happier. And so it's about holding on to those moments and really... You know, understanding that nothing is temporary, but it's about trying to make the most of every day. And so that's all really the advice I have for this podcast. Um, For me, uh, you can find me on my socials. I'm on Twitter at Danvernite, which is D-A-N-V-E-R-N-I-T-E. Danvernight, and I'm on Instagram at Ally Willow, A L L Y W I I. Wait, hold on. <laughs> Sorry, Ally, A L L Y W I I I O W. Yeah. Sorry, I'm. I will get those social handles right eventually. And so I hope that you, person who's listening to this, you have a wonderful day. Feel free to contact me on social media with any other ideas for any episodes you want to see because I am all about, you know, talking about things that make me happy, about, you know, I'd love to share some more disability experiences and hope to see you guys next time. Bye. (laughs) 